People have different levels of comfort, especially in the circumstances with these viruses that we're facing these days. Some people feel more comfortable than others. They're in different situations. Some people may be single. They come home, there's nobody there to bring a possible virus home to. Or they could be home with a new baby or young children or aging parents. So the situations are different and each individual needs to be heard in these particular times. Hello and welcome to Voices with Talking Talent, the podcast that explores the real issues people face in the workplace. This is a space to have the open and brave conversations that inspire change and spark action. We're Talking Talent, and every week we'll be joined by a different guest. Stay tuned for discussions on the issues that business leaders are trying to overcome and what the future looks like for truly diverse and inclusive organizations. Hi, I'm Andrea Paulton, and I'm the host of this episode. With a worldwide pandemic, social movements, and rapid tech advancement, there have been just so many changes that we're maybe confused about how to do business today, or we're challenged on how to go forward. So today we have Sharon Hart and Robbie Green, and they're going to talk to us about hybrid working. We'll discuss the current situation and the future of what the organizations will look like and what the organization's challenges are and what the solutions can be. So let's get started. Sharon and Robbie, thank you so much for being here. I want to know more about what you do. So could you give us a little introduction about yourself? Robbie, we'll start with you. Sure thing. I'm Robbie Green and I'm an executive coach for Talking Talent. So my very specific lane is working with working parents. It's my pleasure to do it almost every single day. Really, in particular, I work with a lot of working moms. And so this topic is a big discussion these days for a lot of the women that I am currently coaching on a one-to-one basis. And Sharon, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Sure. I'm Sharon Hart. I'm an executive coach here at Talking Talent as well. And like Robbie, I have an area of focus here at Talking Talent with women in leadership. And so I'm just so honored and privileged to be able to work with so many dynamic women in group coaching and in one-to-one coaching. And certainly as we move into hybrid, there are a lot of questions about how management can support employees and teams as we figure out what this new world will look like. Happy to be here. Yeah. So hybrid working has been around for a very, very long time, but it's really become a buzzword in 2020 and 2021. So Sharon, before we even get started on talking about it, can you give us a little bit of a definition of what is hybrid working? Sure. Well, it's it's kind of a new one in this circumstance because we are moving into many organizations or the majority of organizations moving toward a hybrid model. So that would be part of the employee population at work part-time possibly more than part-time, some folks full-time at home, back and forth, trading schedules. So some people might be in a few days a week, half days, um, and other people might be there full-time. So it is a bit of a mystery what it will all shake out to look like, but some variety of uh, having some of our team at home and some of our team at work, possibly on alternating days. Yeah. So what are the benefits of hybrid working? So why should organizations get, or should organizations get behind this? And what are the benefits? And and Robbie, if you have some input on that, that'd be great. Well, I would love to jump in on this one for a lot of new moms. So you've had a, you've had a COVID baby. <laughs> you've got a baby who you've had while you've been working while at home. And I like to say it like that because when you say, "Oh, I get to work from home," sounds like a, such a luxury. 
but you're literally working while at home, while everything's staring in your face that you could be doing, right? So this, a lot of these mothers have not even had the experience of having to get a baby ready and pack a bag and get the bottles and the foods and all the hundred things that has to leave the house with the baby, take the baby across town to daycare, now come back and start to work. They haven't had to do that yet. So all of that will be new for them if in fact they have to go back into the office. So a huge benefit for a lot of working mothers is to be able to continue to be home with their babies where they can get up and take breaks and go and see about the baby. Some of them are still breastfeeding. That's a huge benefit. They don't have to carve out time and spaces at an office to be able to go pump if they're still doing that. So that's the convenience of it all is a huge benefit for a lot of working mothers. And awesome. dads as well, too, because they're there to help to support. So just the not having to pack the baby up and take it somewhere and a huge benefit. For sure, for sure. So Sharon, Robbie touched upon like what's the benefit for working parents or employees in general. What about the organizations? Do they have, have any like benefits mm -hmm. of being a hybrid working organization? Right. So I love what Robbie said about the flexibility for parents. And I think that that holds true for managers as well. We know that when our employees and our teams have the support that they need, that we're actually getting more of their productivity, that they're actually more productive. So the conversations that have happened over the past year with managers is to be able to have those candid and open communication moments with their team to ask, you know, what is it that you need to support your unique situation? And what we're finding is not just um, closer relationships because of the communication, but there's also this sense of, I feel like I can get more done on more of my schedule rather than having to go to a cadence. At the same time, you know, there's also this idea of having smaller groups in the office to be maybe more focused with one another if you have smaller teams. So if it can be coordinated in the right day, it can be a huge benefit for individuals and for teams. Yeah. So one of the things that I hear people say that they're worried about if they're doing hybrid working, they're not in the office Monday through Friday. They're not getting FaceTime with their managers and their leaders. And people are worried there's going to be lack of um, career progression. There's going to be mm -hmm. lack of getting promoted because they're not, they don't have that one-on-one -on -one time all the time. Are you seeing organizations address this? It's definitely a concern for employees. And so I encourage people to get clarification on that. One thing that we need to be aware of is that we are all wired for human connection, which means we are meant to be in the presence of other human beings. So the fact that we aren't is causing us to have thoughts, feelings, physical ailments that we're not used to experiencing. So now it's making us think about a lot of things. To your point, do they see me enough? Am I doing enough? Who's thinking about me? If they don't see me in the office, will they remember me when it's promotion time? So this is a real thought on people's minds. I encourage people just to be transparent. And when they have one-on-one -on -one time with their management, make sure that's on a recurring basis, even if you, employee, have to initiate this time. And when you do that, your manager can look forward to seeing Sharon every Thursday at two o'clock to review what she's working on. And then Sharon can take the opportunity to say, thanks for taking this time with me. Here's what I've been doing. Also, here's how you can best support me in my career right now. Be clear and transparent with them. Let them know what your aspirations are. Let them know where you aspire to be. And then say to them, does that path 
have to look like it's normally looked since times are so different now. We used to be able to have to go this way, this way, this way. Is it possible that I could go like this, this, and this, and then up? So transparency is best. That You're right. It's a real thing. People are concerned about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about organizations? What, what, there's a lot of talk that organizations, you know, they have a little bit of fear of the hybrid working model. Some of them, they want to go all remote. Some of them want to go back to normal the way it was. Some go in that middle with that hybrid working. So what's like the number one fear or concern that organizations have about this model? I think what I'm hearing a lot of is just the, the management of so many different feelings and so many different priorities from their, from their teams, from their employees, and, and also the changing world. So we've seen even last couple of weeks, things have changed. So, you know, keeping up with what people are feeling and, and to Robbie's point, that transparency, that communication is where we really see organizations and leaders thrive and flourish and their teams feel, you know, to be inclusive is to proactively reach out and to proactively find ways to connect and understand what the needs are of their team and their employees. So I think the biggest fear is just, am I covering everyone? And is everyone being heard? Because we do know, especially after going through this past year and a half, there can be, you know, feelings, lack of productivity, and even as Robbie commented, physical stress, mental stress, when we're not getting what we need. So I think the fear is how do we navigate this brand new world and make sure that everyone is getting the, the formula of the combination and the need that they have to be met in this in this new situation yeah you know one thing everything everybody had to kind of do the same thing right we all had to go into the office whether we're introverted extroverted liked it or didn't and now we have these choices and so you know people are jumping ship they're leaving organizations where they're not getting these choices so i just see how hard it is for many of these organizations to all of a sudden change fast because it wasn't like a slow change this was a fast change for that's from you know, one day to the other, especially in March 2020. How can these organizations make hybrid work a reality and how can they roll it out so they're successful? I was just going to say to Sharon's point just a second ago, people need to be seen and heard, just like Sharon said, people that have to be heard. And I don't think that making it a whole blanket statement for a company is the best approach. We have to be concerned with what I like to call PLC instead of TLC, per people's levels of comfort, personal levels of comfort. People have different levels of comfort, especially in the circumstances with these viruses that we're facing these days. Some people feel more comfortable than others. They're in different situations. Some people may be single. They come home, there's nobody there to bring a possible virus home to. Or they could be home with a new baby or young children or aging parents. So the situations are different and each individual needs to be heard in these particular times. I think it's really why it's so important what we do as an organization to help people see outside of themselves. Because let's be honest, the, the company has an agenda as they should. They're working on what they should be producing for the company. Sometimes it's hard for them to see and hear every individual. So when we as coaches come in and are able to talk to these people on a more relaxed and individual level and then inform companies of running things, I think they're better able to make decisions on what is best for us to roll out this new hybrid environment. Should we decide or should we let our employees decide what they would like to do? 
I yeah. love that, Robin. Echoing exactly what you said, and, and you just you took the words right out of my mouth perfectly. I was going to say that, and I love that. And the word that came up for me is flexibility. Yes. You know, being bring agile, being flexible, and but I love that PLC. I wrote it down. Really, I love <laughs> yeah, that. personal levels of comfort. Yeah. It's different for every person. We and they. We have to consider that, as Andrea said, it's not the same. It's, it is not the same anymore. It is not the same. And if managers are not being proactive to do it, I encourage employees to be proactive to ask. The answer is always no if you never ask. If you got a six-week baby at home, six weeks old, and you plan to go back to work after three months or even six months, but you're thinking, God, I really... I don't want to have to go back to work after three months if I don't have to. I've been nice and productive here at home. Nobody's been hounding me for anything. I'm getting all my work done. Everything's fine. Why do I really need to go back? And then there are some people that are saying, I really miss running into my coworkers in the hallway. And when I can go back into the office a couple of days a week, that's really refreshing for me. And it helps to fill my cup back up. So finding out what people need on an individual basis is key. Yeah, sure. yeah, I love that. I just read in the news that GitHub and Degreed, they put, they put out this really robust manifesto of hybrid working. Both of those companies are very much more into the remote type of working. And this manifesto was like, what does it look like? What do you need? How can we help you? Why is this beneficial? Who do you go to? And it was really thorough. Mm -hmm. My question to you, and this is probably more your opinion and then your knowledge since this is new, are they too fast putting the stake in the ground and having this manifesto because we're now just getting back into this environment? Or do you think it's a good thing to be ahead of everything and just making sure like, okay, I just want you to know as an organization, we got our stuff together and we put together a manifesto so you know exactly where you stand. So I'd love your opinion on that. I love okay. that. I, think I do cool. too. I do yeah. too, Sharon. What What are your thoughts, Sharon? What is your opinion? Yeah, my opinion. My opinion is, you know, leading by example. People want a captain of the ship in in these kind of situations. When we have a crisis, we have something we're not sure about. We're feeling, uh, you know, maybe inside a little insecure, a little pensive, a little maybe fearful and anxiety. It's really nice to have leadership step up like that. I, I hadn't heard that, Andrea, and I'm glad you brought it up. Really mm -hmm. like it. I think it's a good thing. I think yeah. it is too. It goes along with expectations. And expectations is a two-way street. So you have to go to people that you are responsible to and find out what they expect from you. But you have to be proactive as a human being to say, here's what you can expect of me in this situation. And people like clarity. They Absolutely. really do like it. But we are so reluctant sometimes to ask questions <laughs> to, that can like clear, clean things up just that quick. Like people are sitting around going, I don't know. Well, I would love to work from home, but they might think this. And we make this whole movie in our minds of how people are going to respond. And it's not necessarily the case. They're not thinking about each individual person that hard, whether you think that's good or bad, because it's too many people to think about. That's why if you don't start to be an advocate for yourself first, you, you can't bring anybody else on your advocate train with you. You, you got to be the captain of the advocate train. Love it. Uh, yeah, you yeah. have to. <laughs> you got to lead the cause for sure. I love it. I love it. Okay, so company A decided, okay, we're going to do hybrid working and we're going to get started in August 1st. Mm -hmm. How should they rebuild the culture and the relationships 
as the people return to the office. Some people were hired during COVID. They never met anyone. They've never even been in the office. Some people have been there for 10 years and they already have their relationships built and probably kept them during COVID. Some people maybe were outsiders, right? So now we're starting from scratch. So how do organizations rebuild that culture and relationships? As a matter of fact, I had a coachee who is new in her position and the company, and she's very concerned about establishing relationships. And she's like, what, what, you know, what should I do? And I said, you need to consider all things. So this is on, in an, in, on an individual basis, Andrea, I have to say. People are thinking about so much already, right? So when it comes to establishing these relationships, you have to consider all the things. If you're the new girl on the block, and companies have to think about this too, you're more concerned with establishing relationships than people who are already established. So that might be more on your mind than it is on other people's minds. And then find out from an individual basis what's out there. So for the company, I think they need to be more forthcoming and probably sharing what they consider too much information than not to say, hey, we have a kudos board that's available to everybody. Share all your wins there. Or we would love to see pictures of your family, whatever the case may be to get acquainted with new people. It's gonna take some time and it's gonna be different because we've been doing this for like a year and a half now, okay? So it takes about on average 63 days to establish a new habit. We're well into this new habit. Yeah. So now we gotta go back and reestablish the way it was. It's a little daunting. I'll speak from personal. It's a little unnerving to me to be out amongst a lot of people right now because I haven't been for a while and things keep going up and down with the Biden, the surgeon and all the things. It makes me a little anxious. And so companies need to be aware of that because if I show up and now I'm anxious because there are people around, how effective am I really gonna be at work? Not that effective. I'm gonna be too worried about something happening. Exactly. That's so true. And I was just thinking as you were, as you were mentioning that, Robbie, about this individual approach and making sure that everyone does feel comfortable. The practices, the things that we know the leadership wants to put forward, that they are that they are modeling it. So that leadership is modeling, you know, proactively reaching out to some of those new people that are in the office and making the pr a priority of connection. And, and I love what you said about the board of maybe the kudos. So coming, getting really creative about what we can do as an organization to stay connected, whether they're at home or they're yeah. in the office. But it, I think it has to come top down, or I guess sh I should say in a perfect world, the best case scenario would be that leadership is modeling all of these behaviors, you know, being inclusive yeah. and having a lot of empathy for what's going on in people's lives. And, and as that's modeled, I do think it will be a process, but I think it can move along a little quicker if it's coming from the top and being modeled. You're right. Yeah. You're right, Sharon. This whole empathy thing, research shows that working mothers are thought of as incompetent. Hello. We just had a whole human being. That's, yeah. And that's still running the whole house and all the things, right? Yeah. Yeah. But people, they're thought, of, they're thought of that way by their peers at work, some of them, not all of them, of course, but mm -hmm. research shows that they are. It also shows that women are much more loyal to a company when their employer cares about their life outside of work as much as they, they do inside work. 
So if you're if they're checking on new moms who are out on maternity leave or if they are really concerned about someone who knows that they're struggling with some family issues or they've got family health concerns, if the management is proactive in saying, listen, I, I understand what's happening right now. I want you to know that we are here to do X, Y, and Z. You are more than welcome to have a flexible schedule. Whatever proactive things they can do for that woman speaks volumes to her. And she's like, oh, they really do care about me as a person and not just what I can produce for this company. So that part is very important to me. It's a real opportunity for employers right now to be able to establish this sticky type of relationship to show this concern and care for people. And if they need help doing that, that's what we are here literally to do. To be kind of like, I guess, like the glue in between to help it be more sticky. You know, we're, we're the glue. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and part of that too, you know, it's the ROI for the actual organization. If you, we know when you retain good quality talent, you're going to make more money. So it's the whole thing is just, it's like a win, win, win situation. I just actually interviewed um, somebody that was coached by Talking Talent three times, three maternity um, leaves, and she was actually going to quit. But because of this coaching that the company gave her, she stayed and now she's in love with the company. She has nothing but good things to say about them because they helped her out in a trying time and she's going to stay there for a long time and she's already been promoted. So it's, we're seeing this work. Yes. So having the organizations say, okay, listen to your people. Let's give hybrid working. Let's just do what they want. I love that you said that. It's just that listening piece that, that really needs to happen. Yes. So yes. let's talk about where we're at, the state of the people. Our emotional well-being and our emotional wellness is really bad right now, right? We know that anxiety, panic disorders, depression, they've all gone up in the last year and a half. So my question to you is, how can organizations protect their workers from burnout, especially as they come back into offices? And like you said, they're not used to being around people. How, do, how can they protect them? I think that's a really, it is such a tall order because there is so much going on in the background, right? But I think allowing space for everyone, and I think this is part of it. I think this hybrid is really part of it, to be able to allow space, to have the flexibility and design something that is going to work. I also think that you said something, Andrea, that is so important about coaching and, and not to just toot the coaching horn. I think, and, and Robbie mentioned it too, the clarity in which we're able to articulate what we need to our leadership is a big part of this hurdle. So I think providing space for maybe just for processing, for coaching, to be able to articulate the needs and then allowing space for some of that flexibility, all of that put together can really, you know, be the differentiator for how successful people feel, how productive they are, and, you know, how each culture is able to develop through this in, in a positive way. I love that Robbie said this is an opportunity. I just love that. It mm -hmm. is. I, I it is. Yeah. It, it really is. And I'm thinking about companies with this whole burnout. And as Sharon mentioned, the perfect world, but it really only works this way. If management is not on board or offering what their employees need to never enter burnoutville, it's all for naught. We can have as many webinars as you would like, but if you don't accept these signs that you see in these employees as they start to burn out as the little match identifies <laughs> on our 
slide, then what's the point? I have so many people that I talk to who are in burnout and they say, I'm so busy at work. I don't have time to do things that I would like to do. And then I come back and say, all right, what do you like to do? What relaxes you? What makes you happy? What would you, what would you like to find time to do? Crickets. They can't even remember yeah. what makes them relax. I've had people ask me, Robbie, could you tell us how do we relax? Literally don't know how to calm down from work, which is a clear sign of burnout. So when we go back to these employers and say, a lot of your employees don't even know how to relax anymore. That means they're at number eight on the burnout uh, scale, where it's, which says that all they have time for is work. They don't have any time for anything outside of work. Employers <clears throat> need to be educated. They also yeah. need to be aware of just how serious this is. Burnout can lead you to the emergency room. Like it's beyond, oh, I think I'm, oh my gosh, I just, I had a really busy day. I'm really tired today. No, it's, it's above and beyond that. It can cause some serious issues really quickly. And so until employers can see the seriousness of it, I can do 12 webinars a day. But if you don't accept and, and internalize what it's really doing to your people, how it's affecting your company and your bottom line, how they're producing less because they, they're trying to work so much more at home, but they're still not being productive during these eight hours, until they can really see it, they're not going to, they're just checking the box. And so we're here to let them know, no, you need to go beyond box checking. Listen to what these people are saying. I love yeah. that. Sorry, I got on a soapbox. No, right. no, this is, you're, you're spot on with it. And, and you, you reminded me of, you know, talking about the burnout uh, group coaching, because that is where I found so many people would write back, put in the chat, having my peers to talk to, that makes me feel I'm not alone, lets me know I'm not alone. And so Bill, I'm providing not just space for the individual schedule, but space to connect as a community of people trying to, how do I relax? Someone puts in the chat a new idea. Hey, I tried this in COVID and it really helped me. So pulling ideas from others in those group yes. settings, I just, we, we've gotten so much feedback that that is where so many employees are getting their support, you know, kind of a ray of hope. Like I'm not yes. alone here. So I, I love that you brought that up because it, it, it's, impactful very impactful i just did a i just did a session on thriving how to thrive in work and life and it was 250 people on that webinar and the chat was it just kept rolling people releasing things really a lot of it was release and then to sharon's point a lot of it was ideas too here's what i've been doing here's what i've learned to do so people are anxious they need this time and so that hour where they're just sitting and listen is really great, but it's amazing when they can get one-to-one -one time with a coach where it's just time for them. Nobody's interrupting them. There are no phones ringing. I'm not answering any emails. This coach is here to listen to only me and help me to talk out these things that are causing me to be burned out. And, I, and it, it tears my heart when I do a session on burnout and people are like, but, but, but what, what, how do I fix it? They're, they're so deep in it. They are dying for you to tell them, please just get me out of this. And I have to reiterate to them at the beginning, I do it so that they can internalize burnout 
Banishing burnout is an inside job. What are you willing to do? Because I can tell you all day, I'm giving you all kinds of tips and cues and all the things. But until you decide, I'm drawing a line in the sand, I will not be up at 1 a.m. answering emails. I'll be happy to answer them at 8 o'clock. Until you draw that line in the sand, you'll continue to ask the same questions. How do I get out? How do I get out? How do I get out? But you can get so deep in it that you don't see that I'm still doing all the things. The importance of a coach, the importance of accountability. And we need it times 100 right now with all the things that we're dealing with. We need more. We need a little bit more handholding right now. And that's, and that's okay. Yeah. I love that advice that you're giving to employees and workers, Robbie. That's really good. I want to end with one last question to Sharon. So Robbie just gave really great advice, right? For the workers to speak up, to stand up for themselves, to talk to their leaders about what they need. Sharon, my question to you is for any decision makers that are listening, and if they're on the fence, should we go hybrid? Should we not allow hybrid working? What would you tell these decision makers? Gosh, I think there's so much in this conversation that we just unpacked that really points to the flexibility, the control, the being heard. It is something that is the new way of working. And unfortunately, we are seeing a lot of leaders lose talent because they're not willing to go down this road. So, I mean, I would love leadership to be able to consider a little more work by design from their employees by through conversation, through this, this clarity of expression with their managers. And all the while knowing this does protect the bottom line. When you have happy employees with their needs met, that is where we find huge wins, big success, increased productivity. So it is in everyone's interest that we offer options. What that looks like for your organization, I mean, that's going to be a conversation about where the priorities lie. But I really do think some flexibility offering this after everything we've been through this last year, it, it is it, it can really be a win-win. So I say absolutely. Awesome. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Robbie. You two have been amazing. I love the advice that you're giving and the coaching that you're doing is so important. And we're so glad that you're here to do that. Thank you so much, Andrea. Thank you, thank you Robbie. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you to all of you listening. We really appreciate you. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you can hear many more episodes and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by Talking Talent. We're a coaching organization that helps you develop, advance, and retain your talent. Together, we can create a more inclusive culture where your people and your organization can thrive. You can visit us online at talking-talent.com. That's talking-talent.com. If you liked what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you.